0: This is ESG Decoded, the podcast powered by Climco to provide relevant actionable updates related to business innovation and sustainability. Join Caitlin Allen and Amanda Shea of Climco for thoughtful, nuanced conversations with industry leaders that explore the complexities, the risks, and the opportunities connected to all things ESG. I'm Yvonne Harris, a consultant and a co-host and I will be collaborating with Caitlin and Amanda for the discussions that we will present on this podcast. Put simply, ESG is everything that's not on your balance sheet. This leaves room for misunderstanding, oversimplification, and the tendency towards one-size-fits-all perspectives. None of that will happen on this podcast. Enjoy this episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this edition of ESG Decoded, the podcast. I'm spending time today with Caitlin Allen and Amanda Shea, two of the leaders with Global Affairs Associates, and your sage and wise guides that will be bringing this podcast to you on a regular basis. Hi, Caitlin. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Yvonne. Hi there. Well, let's have a little fun. Really excited that you all are launching this podcast. I know it's going to be an amazing journey for you and your listeners, but an important part of that is your listeners just need to get to know you and learn more about you and your why. So Caitlin, why don't you introduce yourself?
1: Sure. So I'm Caitlin Allen, born and raised in Houston. I'm a native Houstonian and um you know, spent some time in Washington DC for grad school and came back here for family and wasn't quite sure what to do with myself with my DC type skill set. And there's a a lot more to the story, but basically I kind of had to make my own way. I knew that I didn't want to, you know, just take any job because I had been studying conflict resolution at, at Georgetown and diplomacy and was working at the state department. Because there wasn't something exactly similar to that in Houston, I thought, well, what the heck? Let me just throw a shingle here and see if I can do some contract work. And that's really how it started. And then, of course, that was many years ago, eight or nine now. And, you know, I evolved with the market. I learned the local market, I learned about corporate social responsibility. I uh, worked at Marathon Oil as a corporate social responsibility advisor. And just really fell in love with the field. And so I pivoted the business to focus on, at the time, CSR, sustainability reporting. And then, of course, you know, being in Houston and working for a lot of energy companies, um, had to get really smart on energy transition. And so, uh, several years into this, Amanda and I got together as partners and said, let's, let's make this bigger than just us, right? <laughs> it's an opportunity here. We see it coming. Very few people are in Houston are, are talking about it. Very few know what ESG stands for, and it stands for Environmental Social Governance. We'll unpack that a little bit later. But we thought, let's partner up and see if we can make this bigger than ourselves.
0: So immediately prior, though, to the intersection and the meeting to Amanda, Amanda, take us back um, and share with us your experience leading up to the start of your collaboration with Caitlin.
2: So like Caitlin, also a native Houstonian, um, I actually started out in finance and then the tech bubble burst and there were no jobs (laughs) in finance. And I had to find, you know, something to pay the bills. Anyways, I started working in purchasing and supply chain. And after some years, I was working for Ikea and I spent 10 years of my career there working in their purchasing organization. They are a leader in corporate sustainability. I really got to understand what does it mean to balance, you know, people, planet, and profit. And of those 10 years, about three of those, I was working directly in the sustainability department, helping IKEA secure its social and environmental standards throughout its uh, North and South American supply chains. Anyhow.
0: I just love IKEA, by the way. So. <laughs> I <doesn't
2: love> Ikea. <laughs> I, it's really, you know what, I think why people love it. Number one, it's fun, right? I mean, it has a sense of humor. It's fun. But the other thing is that we trust it. We know we're gonna go there and have kind of a fun experience. There'll be meatballs and the, um, the yeah. cake I like, um, uh-huh. but there'll be some fun furniture. And, you know, building that furniture is always a, let's say a family, you know, <laughs> activity. <laughs> but we kind of, we trust the brand. And that's also why sustainability is so important to them. So when you, when I was able to work there for you know, a long period of time and really understand how it permeates throughout the organization, that was really inspiring. Anyhow, they left the Houston area. I wanted to stay for you know family reasons. And I met Caitlin shortly after that. Worked on a project together, got along really well. And like she said, we thought, hmm, I think we can we can do more together, can't we? <laughs> That's how it all began. <laughs>
0: so that was the genesis of Global Affairs Associates.
1: 2.0. No, I 2. Global Affairs yeah. Associates has been around since that 2013. But I call the 2.0 version, the bigger, badder, better. (laughs) Started when when Amanda and I partnered up.
0: Oh, that's great. So you guys are familiar with starting new, starting different, starting better, which brings us to this new project of ESG Decoded, the podcast. So why this podcast and what need are you meeting for your audience?
1: We started ESG Decoded classes as our education program a couple of years ago because we saw this need for people to, you know, basically they were spending hours on Google trying to figure out the genesis of ESG, where the heck did this thing come from? And that's, first of all, incredibly inefficient. And second of all, you know, you don't really get it from the headlines, You could read the first 10 pages of what comes up on Google for ESG and still really not understand where it's coming from. So we saw this need to provide an education component to complement our consulting. And so we began that a couple of years ago, and the classes have been very helpful to the folks that have taken them they're, you know, nice little bite-sized modules and, you know, we're doing it all online now, which has been nice. We've been able to have folks from many different countries on the other side of the world. Um, We had someone join from Kazakhstan and, which was kind of cool. And so that itself, you know, is, is very helpful for the attendees. We've gotten incredible feedback, like, thank you for saving me 10 more hours on (laughs) on the internet, (laughs) right? And, and we thought, it also with just from from feedback from other folks in our network, more people need to hear these conversations that are nuanced, that are based in fact, that are based in you know an analytical approach to this trend, and and we we don't see a lot of that out there. So there's a lot of blather and sensationalizing, and also unfortunately a lot of people completely mischaracterizing what ESG means as if they don't even know what the basic definition is, just throwing the term around. Same with energy transition. There's just a lot of misunderstanding. And if we're going to really get to solutions for our clients, for the businesses that that trust us with their ESG needs, for the broader public, for regulators, for policymakers, if we're to all make progress. <laughs> it has to be based on a common understanding of what the words mean, where the trends come from and why they matter, and that's what we want to do with this podcast.
0: And that's a great why and I know there's so many people who will benefit from this information. Connecting kind of to that thought, Amanda, who should listen to the podcast? As you kind of think through your target audience, What segments comprise that target audience? And then will there be information for those who are very new to the space and those who are maybe considered experts?
2: I like to say is that ESG is a journey. It doesn't matter if you're starting from very step one or, you know, you're a mile down your journey. Wherever you are, our plan is to have content that's meaningful to you and to explore these topics from start to finish in a way, so you have a better understanding. A lot of times it's also because I'm curious, I want to learn more about these topics, and I have maybe some basic questions too (laughs) that I want to learn about, and then also dive in deeper so we really understand all the implications of it. So I think it's appropriate if you're new to this, and you just want, you're starting from, again, step one, or if you're experienced, you know, maybe you go to episode number two instead of episode one, you know what I mean? But I think there'll be something for everyone.
0: So let's have a little fun and let's start at step one. You can't navigate through life without understanding a million acronyms, it seems like. So ESG, what does that stand for?
1: ESG stands for literally environmental, social, and governance. And the idea behind that terminology is that we at Global Affairs Associates like to say ESG is everything that's not on your balance sheet. So everyone understands that there are many, many factors that don't show up on a financial statement that have an impact on how well your business is run, on how successful your business can be or is or maybe be, the risks that your business face. So ESG could be any of those things for a particular business in a particular industry. So it's a very broad term. And you know, I think one of the confusions, particularly in the energy industry where we sit in Houston, is that people are conflating ESG with the energy transition topic, so the transition to a low carbon economy, and you know, speaking as if those are one in the same, they are not one and the same. Energy transition is one specific E topic that is likely to be material to your company if you work in oil and gas, but it is not the same thing. And um, so that's sort of my basic, my basic definition is it could be anything and therefore it takes some additional thought and analysis to decide what does ESG mean for my company, what does it mean for my industry, what are those key factors that are likely to be material to my company. And that's the beginning of the conversation.
0: Caitlin, you mentioned that you started in this space in corporate and social responsibility or corporate responsibility. What is the connective tissue between ESG and CSR?
1: I think ESG is just the the third generation, so to speak, of CSR. So corporate social responsibility, um, CSR, transparency, Those initial movements, so to speak, were born in the late 90s, really by the activist community. So the first generation of CSR reporting was meant to communicate with a very broad group of stakeholders, everyone from the communities where you have operations, to activist groups, uh, to um, specialized investor groups, which at the time were very, very specialized. What's changed is, you know, as the world has changed, and these are some of the things that we will go in much more depth in this podcast, um, the investment community more broadly has recognized that many of these ESG issues actually are, and in some cases, extremely financially material to the business. And therefore, um, they need information in order to make an investment decision. Well, now we've crossed a line, right, from a voluntary communication to a group that's not regulating you, right, or doesn't have in sort of a lot of legal implications to request for information and disclosure of information that's, you know, potentially could belong in your legal and regulatory filings, right? So that's very, it's been this evolution. And so I, I think CSR was sort of the first generation of this and ESG is where we are today, where it's really an audience of the investment community and much more sophisticated in some ways, but looking specifically at what's financially important and what are the ESG risks to the business that could have a material adverse impact on the business.
0: Amanda, can you build on that a little bit and tell us about some of the current trends in ESG that should be important to all of us?
2: I think one of the things is how data driven it is. And I think that's one of the main distinctions as well from CSR to ESG is if we think also about what's happened with the technological revolution, just from you know personal computing and then big data. And now we're looking at AI machine learning as we have more information and able to process and understand and identify trends in the data, And I think the investors are also looking for more data on environmental, social governance so they can see, do those deep analysis. So that's one thing. And then looking forward to 2021, um, some of the hot topics that we have on our radar are diversity, inclusion, Hmm. cybersecurity and political spending. We think that the ones that um, have been, you know, important in the past, climate change, of course, will continue to, you know, be an important issue. Kind of the new hot ones, let's say, would be those three I named before.
0: And, um, you know, I hear you say diversity and inclusion, which was obviously, too, a very important topic in 2020, the social justice movement. And, um, Amanda, it's going to be interesting to see how an organization's efforts in that space translate to the data as you describe it and the reporting and the metrics.
2: I think last, was it 2019 when there was the big um, round table, a business roundtable letter committing to stakeholder capitalism. I think that was 2019. So I'm interested in seeing when they all these CEOs committed to stakeholder capitalism, you know, how does that really roll through their organization? DNI is one way, right? That it can be, but really, I think it's a very interesting topic to me. If do they say they're committed to it? Do they really, do we really get it? You know, do they really get it? Is it just for certain more for certain stakeholders or others? Well, and
0: it ties to that concept of walking the walk, right? And not just being lip service. And you touch on something really powerful when you just go to the point of data. Business leaders need data. They need to understand why um, these topics make business sense. And I know that's a part of the value that you bring to your clients on a daily basis.
1: Absolutely. I mean, from the beginning, we've been... You know driven to help our clients based on the research that's out there because there is a lot of research out there linking certain industry specific esg factors to stock value and and to company value and so you know we look at that data right what is it for this sector that tends to have a correlation to business value versus just what framework a says should be material or you know, Sustainalytics or MSCI, the you know which are two of the raters and uh, rankers group, say should be material to your company. What does the research say? And then you know, combining that with what are the goals of the business, right? Bringing it back to the business strategy. What are the key risks to the business, right? And how do we mitigate those as well? There's all of these pieces to it, and the data-driven analysis of this is very, very important in order to make the right move, because it could, again, you know, you could focus on any of these areas. You could focus on all of them. You could choose one or two. How do you make that decision?
0: Well, and I know this podcast is definitely going to be a value add um, to the audience, to business leaders. You are for sure meeting a need. Um, For those who are tuning in today and listening to this intro episode what do they have to look forward to in terms of what do they walk away with after each episode? What's the call to action or what resources would be available to them?
1: I want everyone to walk away from each episode feeling like they understand something in a deeper way than they did going into it. And perhaps, you know, perhaps it's taking in a topic and putting it into the larger context and explaining why this has come their way, uh, whatever abuse it is. Or perhaps it's a topic that, you know, really needed a deeper dive that they might not have gotten anywhere else, right? So for example, we might have folks from the policy side that are really grappling with what's the best way to make carbon an, an asset class, for example. Or we might like Amanda said, getting into the DNI topics, there's a lot of questions still on the how, right? We can all make big commitments, but how, and what are the best practices and what are the emerging practices? Because I think we've seen a lot of change um, in the past year on that topic, obviously. So we'd like our listeners to walk away feeling like they learned something or understand something in a deeper way than you know, the 40 minutes before that.
0: <laughs> Again, I am very excited that you guys are starting this podcast. I do know it's going to be a valuable resource to your listeners. And I want to encourage everyone who's listening today to please refer this podcast to those in your network. And Amanda and Caitlin are also just great to interact with. So you can follow the podcast across social media platforms, and you can also connect with them through their website at globalaffairsassociates.com. So ladies, thanks for your time today. Thank you, Yvonne. Thank you. Let's, Let's go get it. Let's have fun. Thank you for listening to ESG Decoded. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you consume yours and follow ESG Decoded and Climco across social media platforms. Until our next episode, take what you learned today to drive long-term value for your organization by doing good for people and the planet.